1: Hi, Geekscapists. The Geekscape podfather Jonathan here. In May, we lost one of our own, longtime Geekscapist Christopher Ellis, who was a friend and a part of our geek community from the very beginning. Chris even met his wife, Sarah, through our podcast, and their 2015 wedding seemed like a giant Geekscape party. Chris's final weeks battling in the hospital shed light on a huge national problem. The COVID pandemic has almost completely depleted our national and local blood banks. These supplies are used by thousands of hospitals to provide life-saving treatments to patients or to buy enough time for loved ones just to say goodbye. So for the next month and beyond, we're gonna do it big in Chris's memory and do some good in the process. We're throwing a blood drive. Visit www.aabb.org to find a donation center near you or visit other blood and platelet donation centers like the Red Cross. And let's make things interesting. For the next month, take a selfie of yourself donating with the hashtag GeekscapeGives and tag your favorite Geekscape podcast. We'll pick some charitable geekscapists to send prizes to and the podcast that gets mentioned the most We'll also get some cool rewards. I should actually cancel the podcast that gets mentioned the least. Can I do that? Whatever. The point is go out there and donate some blood, tag a selfie of yourself doing it with the hashtag GeekscapeGives, and get others to do the same. We couldn't save our friend Chris, but we can do a whole lot of good in his name. Geekscape Forever!
0: This week, our very own Sonny is coming home as producer Matt Kelly takes the hot seat to discuss Sean Colvin's surprisingly dark 1996 hit. Speaking of surprises, Matt informs me of this song's importance in one-hit thunder history. So light the sky and hold on tight, because this episode is coming at you with a vengeance.
2: all you need to make the money guaranteed and you can live off royalties forever and it
0: makes me wonder is it just a wonder or is it one hit thunder pretty interesting pick here man sean colvin Sonny came home i barely know this song but apparently, this was a big hit.
2: This was this was one of those songs that was always on the radio as a kid. Uh, the last two times that I've picked a song, it was an artist where I had a lot of passion for their back catalog as well as their hit. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to do something where I really, really love their big hit. And try as I might, I have not been able to get into most of their other music. It should shock no one that the only other song by her that I like is a cover of a Sesame Street song. So uh, it's very on brand for me. But yeah, Sean Colvin, I just, this is one of those songs, you know how you have those specific songs that there's just something about the sound of it that when you hear it, you're immediately like, back at the age you were when you first were exposed to the song? Sure. The the mandolin intro to this does that to me. Like gotcha. when I hear this song, I am 12 years old in my mom's car driving somewhere.
0: This is such a riding in your mom's car song. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I've ever heard more of a riding in your mom's car song.
2: Which is which is weird because lyrically it's actually a very dark song, which I think is kind of cool. Because the song, and I didn't even realize this until I started doing research on it. I just always was like, yeah, it's a song. It's about a girl going back to her childhood home with the intentions of burning it down for how much damage it's done to her life. And I'm like, that's some pretty heavy shit. And like, apparently she intentionally was like, I want mandolins. I want everything to make this sound like such a happy song hmm. until you get to that bridge where it's all kind of whispery. And then you get to that bridge. So get the kids and bring a sweater. Dry is good. The wind makes it better. Count the years. You always knew it. Strike the match. Just go on and do it. And that's like, but that's all sung in a whisper. Because it's kind of like a concept album in general. The, mm-hmm. This is on the f- few small repairs. It's almost like your that bridge is her inner thoughts as she's about to like set this place ablaze. <laughs>
0: It's got a real Jenny from Forrest Gump. There're just sometimes there just aren't enough rocks vibes. Yes,
2: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then it goes back into the chorus and then, you know, the chorus is just she says days go by, I'm hypnotized, I'm walking on a wire, I close my eyes and fly out of my mind into the fire. Mm-hmm. But then there's a second chorus at the very end where it's so light the skies and hold on tight, the world is burning down, she's out there on her own and she's all right cuz Sonny came home. And I'm like, this song, like, lyrically is pretty baller. And the reason why this album's considered a concept album is that she was kind of a folk singer, and she won her first album. She won a Grammy for Best Folk Album. Her second album had two nominations. So this was her, like, branching out into a little bit more of a pop world, but she also said that it felt like a concept album because she was writing songs from the perspective of different characters as opposed to from her own life for the first time like she was writing very personal music and this was more like she wanted to do an album of her doing storytelling and i think she did a really good job on this first single
0: well she had a good start of singing some very serious heavy songs because yeah. she sang back up on luca which is nice and sweet as that song sounds that is a pretty heavy song
2: yeah yeah, no, is she, I wonder if Luca had any type of influence on on Sonny Came Home's just whole vibe. But you know what The my favorite fact about Sean Colvin and the song Sonny Came Home is? What's that? It was when she won the Grammy mm-hmm. for Song and Record of the Year as she was going up to accept the award, uh, Old Dirty Bastard <laughs> stormed the stage to protest Puff Daddy beating Wu-Tang Clan when he gave his famous... Wu Tang is for the children's speech.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Interesting time to pick to do that. Yeah, but.
2: she's just standing on the sidelines just wanting to get her <laughs> little her little sta- little speaker <laughs> <Yeah>. award. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I would be honored if ODB would have stepped on stage and interrupted my <laughs> Grammy acceptance. I know that's that's just a thing you do at the Grammys. Sometimes you get interrupted by someone storming the stage. That's yeah. okay.
2: You just go in with that expectation,
0: right? Yeah, I'd be kind of disappointed if someone didn't do it, I, but I, and I'd be happy that I was at the Grammys too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean it. The song was It hit number seven on the charts, which is you know a pretty. Your top ten there—that's a pretty big hit. But I also kind of understand, like 1997. I can't imagine you were listening to like this was a this was a big staple on in in Philadelphia it was B101. I assume that was Kiss or something out here. I don't remember what your generic drive time radio <laughs> station is in Pittsburgh, but I have a feeling you weren't really vibing to that by 97. No,
0: 97. There was the, I, the, I pretty much missed this song. It definitely sounds like something that would be on. Dawson's Creek, yeah, or something along those lines. So it makes sense. Trying to remind myself at the time what's going on. I do see that Meredith Brooks bitch was in the charts at that time. Yeah,
2: that had a little bit more of a crossover into the rock stations too. Mm-hmm. Though more than this, I I don't think that this would have been on like we had like Y one hundred, which was. You know the the alternative rock station. I I don't know if Sunny Came Home made its way over there.
0: Yeah, there's a whole lot of R and B and rap. You know, I'll be missing you was number one at this time. Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac. Yeah, boy, was number four. You had a uh, Bone was in the charts. Look into my eyes. I don't even know that. Bone. So
2: the only reason I put that on the on the notes was for the second part. Bone Thugs and Harmony, Look into My Eyes was at number nine, and Gotham City by R Kelly was at number ten, and they were both in promotion of the Batman and Robin soundtrack. So I just Mm. thought it was... I don't often think of the Batman and Robin soundtrack as a big single maker, but apparently it (laughs) it had two singles make it to the bottom of the top 10 of the Hot 100 at that time. So it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I don't even know that I saw Batman and Robin.
2: You're not missing anything. Like Batman Forever, I remember, like, yeah, there was some singles off of Batman and Robin. You had like the U2, uh, Touch Me... Throw me, oh, kiss that me, was, kill me. Yeah, that was Batman Forever, and you know, um, "Kiss from the Rose" from Seal. Like that had some hits on it. Yeah, Batman and Robin. I don't think <laughs> who was Robin? Chris O'Donnell. Oh, who was Batman? That was the George Clooney Batman movie. Oh, geez. that's the one with the Bat nipples. Yeah, we gotta keep making Batman
0: over and over and over and over because there, you definitely couldn't think of something other than Batman. You know? <laughs> definitely it's too hard it's too hard just make batman again we're probably due for another batman right
2: i'm sure that with the success of the four and a half long snyder cut of justice league there will be more batman any day now i
0: can't wait for five more batmans actually
2: (laughs) i guess it has it's coming out is uh robert pattinson from twilight's playing batman now
0: can't wait. I need I need more Batman. I want I, I want a Hollywood meeting where I can go in and go, I got a billion dollar idea.
2: We're going to make Batman again. <laughs> Just fucking stop making Batman. I don't mind that they keep making Batman. What my problem is, is that they keep making Batman with the same like six villains every time. When it's like, as a comic book nerd, Batman has got a really, like him and Spider-Man to me are like the top two superheroes for... A really, really good roster of villains that you could do interesting stories with, and both of them. It's just like I don't know. Let's just bring Doc Ock back.
0: Like, oh, I got a good idea. All right, new Spider Man. Ooh, let's make another Spider Man. I'm we, fine with that. We need more Spider Mans. <laughs> Dude, how do you feel about the Superman? More super, The more, the more you can keep remaking movies with the same characters, the better. Let's make, dude. Let's just let's make another Silence. Let's make another Hannibal movie. I and know you love it. Let's, let's just keep jumping let, in. Let's keep going. Let's keep if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep making the same stuff over and over because human beings couldn't possibly think of anything new. <laughs> There's no way it's even possible. Uh, but anyway, back to Sean Colvin.
2: <laughs> Speaking of things that go on for eternity and just keep getting remade, Sean Colvin had a uh, had a guest appearance on The Simpsons. Wow! at one point. She was Ned Flanders' love interest after they killed Maud Flanders.
0: Okay. And I I also see in our notes that she's done a lot of vocals for notable artists like James Taylor and Sean Mullins.
2: Yeah, which was almost my pick. Nice. (laughs) But I actually like Sean Mullins too much.
0: (laughs) Did you know that my email signature, it it says, Rockabye, Chris (laughs) (laughs) Alice?
2: I did not, but Rockabye was definitely... I mean, when you're a kid, your favorite song changes pretty much on a monthly basis for a while. There was a good month or two where rock, where lullaby is what it's oh. actually called, where lullaby was my favorite song. I bought that album. I really like that album. Okay, but I'm I am definitely way more of, uh, as I've heard it referred to, the white guy with acoustic guitar music. I enjoy myself a, a fair amount of just a dude with an acoustic guitar mm. sound. Hmm. Who needs bass and drums? Those aren't important. <laughs>
0: <sighs> I don't know if I can second that
2: emotion. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I mean, I say that jokingly, but yeah, I'll take a good driving bass and drum to keep yeah. a song going. But I, there is a time and place. Sometimes you just want to have a nice, peaceful drive with just a dude plucking a guitar as your soundtrack. Mm, okay.
0: If you, say, <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, man. This Sean Colvin, what, what do you attribute to her not having another hit? What's her problem?
2: I mean, I think that for her there was this element of again she this was kind of just her attempt at a pop thing i think she was Mm. doing the folk thing she eventually like left her label and just started doing her own independent releases which she's continued all the way to like i think i saw that 2019 she put out something like she's just been kind of doing her own thing which is kind of like i we've talked about that a few times on this show but like if you can use a record label to get you the exposure that you need to then just do it all yourself afterwards, yeah. like go for it. She did it. Yeah. Like
0: that's, that's the dream, man. Yeah. I would take one hit and be able to have a career. Yeah. Just that create
2: your own label and just pop sure. out stuff from there from that point on. Like, why not? You
0: know, her style just isn't,
2: it's not a Chris Fafio style. No, it's not <laughs> at <laughs> all. The, uh, and I've never asked you this. What is your thoughts on mandolin and songs? Hmm. That's a, Good question. Because I feel I, like that's something that you would have an opinion on. I think
0: R.E.M. uses it pretty cool. Yeah.
2: You're not like immediately turned off hearing a mandolin where you're just like, oh, no. it's another one of those mandolin based no. songs.
0: Goo Goo Dolls use a mandolin yeah, here A few and times, there. yeah, here and there. I think they used it pretty well. You think
2: Punchline will ever throw a mandolin in a song? Hmm. I'm not against I it. I feel like Trev's got some connection to being able to get you a mandolin. I'm sure that Trev could play a mandolin <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I think
0: that I have generally positive thoughts
2: about the mandolin. You
0: know the song Mandolin Rain, Bruce Hornsby?
2: No. Listen no. to
0: the Mandolin Rain. I Listen I like it.
2: I just always really enjoy I think the the sound of a mandolin is is really peaceful to me. But we talked about well, you talked about on on the the Sinead O'Connor episode that like the instrumentation of Ireland will say mm-hmm. is not really like one of your favorite things versus like I had at least a small phase where I just kept buying Celtic music albums because I just loved that, like, sound. <laughs> like, you give me just a group that's, like, accordions, some violins, and a mandolin, and I'm in heaven. <laughs> oh. That's,
0: yeah, that's kind of my kryptonite. I- <laughs>
2: Keep, keep the bagpipes away from me. Uh, so is, that, is that technically Scotland? Or are you just oh, generalizing? I'm generalizing. <laughs> I, thar- I mean, okay, so you're saying Irish is... Yeah, like Irish jig type okay, stuff. Okay,
0: mandolin. I don't have a problem with the mandolin. I do think
2: the bagpipes still play into Celtic music, but in general, I think of it as more of a Scottish instrument. Okay,
0: all right. Well, yeah, I do not like bagpipes
2: yeah see i again i think a lot of this comes to like the the growing up with like my grandfather being one of like the biggest guiding forces of my life so like him being into like he got me into polka he got me into like oktoberfest type stuff he got i i love those weird instrumentations so then when you can take these instruments that aren't usually in pop music Mm -hmm. and find a way to merge them into pop music. And I feel like the mandolin is obviously the most successful at doing that. But I do think that it's like kind of an interesting vibe. I think it, I think it adds a little something having that, uh, that extra piece in this song
0: for sure. I mean, this song, it it sounds very necessary. It's one of the most singable, memorable melody. I think I, when I think of this song, I think of that mandolin. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's an accident. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that mandolin is there because it really sets the tone for, yeah, I imagine when I hear this song and I close my eyes, I'm imagining a girl pulling up to like what is maybe a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that mandolin helps set that idea of you're imagining like farmland Okay. for where she's going home to. At least I do. I'm not sure. When you think of the home that Sunny's going back to, are you thinking farmland or are you just thinking like a suburban house?
0: No, not not a suburban house. I'm thinking rural, rural area for sure.
2: I think that mandolin helps like put that in your mindset right away. You're okay. like, all right, this has got a little bit country esque mm. influence to it. So you're imagining, like, I think that it it puts all of the musical pieces in there to like paint the picture before she even sings a single lyric. Mm-hmm. But I, I just there's so much I like the, I think even the guitar during the verses. Like doing that. Right. Yeah. That that lead is another very memorable thing about this song. Yeah. Like it's, it's real. And it's cool because you don't, I in general don't really think of an acoustic guitar being an instrument for a lead, like a guitar lead part that Mm -hmm. always feels like a more of an electric guitar part, Mm -hmm. but it actually makes this stand out more that it's very clearly someone plucking on an acoustic guitar for that lead that I, I think that there's a lot of really cool elements in what this song is.
0: Yeah. This song's totally okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's CVS music. The, I don't know I, like Can
2: we make that just an official genre because yeah. I feel like it's a good a good description of like that 1993 to like 1998 pop radio is like CVS music. I mean,
0: I guess like you can throw most one-hit wonders in there, but you're not going to really hear the butthole surfers on at CVS. <laughs> you know, you're not
2: going to... If I do, I'm going back to that CBS because yeah. they're wild. Yeah, it's... Uh,
0: the melody of the lead is memorable. The mandolin's memorable. But it's just like the melodies of the actual like song. And I guess the story's cool. The story's cool.
2: I think that the chorus... Like, when I thought of this song and when I was like, yeah, that's the one I want to talk about. There's another reason why I want to talk about this and we'll get to it in a second. But I was thinking of the the mandolin intro i was thinking of that guitar lead but i do think that that chorus gets into your to your head that yeah
1: with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere
0: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
2: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy, and getting to eat restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's Delicious, ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout, plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to Factormeals.com 1HIT50 and use the code 1HIT50 to get 50% off. That's code 1HIT50, the words 1HIT and the number 50 that is, at Factormeals.com 1HIT50 to get 50% off.
2: Uh, like it, the verses are kind of like, you just remember Sonny came home. So you're just like, Sonny came home. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. <laughs> like, <laughs> it it kind of reminds me of
0: as I lay me down yeah. to sleep. I,
2: I mean, I I know we've had our disagreements on what's the better. Uh, Sophie B Hawkins song. Cause I am an as I lay me guy. Dog, <laughs> get the <laughs> fuck
0: out of <laughs> here with that. Damn. I wish I was your lover is one of the, like the sexiest songs ever.
2: Well, you'll find As I Lay Me Down to Sleep Sexy.
0: No, (laughs) no. That's like the opposite of sexy.
2: So here's the other reason why I picked this. When I was trying to figure out, I told you, I was like, I don't want to pick an artist that I'm like a huge fan of. I want to pick an artist where I'm a huge fan of their single song. Mm -hmm. And I was torn between a couple artists. The reason I picked Sean Colvin, I would go out and I would buy one Hit Wonders albums all the time. And I would listen to them to see if it was like something, you know, I, I always said like, I'll listen to it to see like, did this deserve more or not? Mm-hmm. And Sean Colvin was the album that I bought and was listening to when I was like, I want to make a podcast with Chris about one hit wonders. Wow. <laughs> this is this is the origin song that like spawned the entire show. Wow. I guess I owe
0: Sean Colvin a lot. <laughs> I didn't realize it. I
2: don't know about a lot, but <laughs> I feel like a tip of the hat,
0: maybe. I kind of feel like when we first announced the podcast and we made a Facebook group and people were joining and posting all their favorite one hits. I kind of feel like I remember several people saying they hated this song. (laughs) I seriously think I remember. And I didn't really know. I didn't really remember what's like now. Now when I hear it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know this song. But but when people were just posting the artist and the name, I'm like, I don't know what song that is. Why, why do people have strong, Hate opinions of this song. I think that was a thing. I think it was a disliked song among our.
2: I I could see that because again, like you said, it's driving in in the car with your mom music, to a T. Which so isn't
0: always a bad thing. It's
2: not always a bad thing, but it really depends on the person. Like there's some people where it's like for me, that's that's just top tier memories for me is driving around with my mom. But for some, you know, you might have a complicated relationship with your mom. You may have just absolutely hated what was like mainstream radio music, mm-hmm. and this was played constantly. Was,
0: that, that's probably more what I mean. I yeah. mean, if you have a mom who's putting on a CD or something, and, then, and it's cool, but this is more like, oh, Wish FM is on, yeah, and, and just in the car, very, very low volume, like... Sonny came home. This sounds like it's a dermatologist in the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's, it's, I mean, that's another way to refer to a lot of this music is it's waiting room music. It's CVS music. It's waiting room music. But I, I think, I mean, we've we've made jokes about this before. I have a very, I'm that weird combination of like, I understand music. I understand like music theory. I understand what makes a good song. But I'm also just very forgiving to pretty much any genre of music and artists. Like, it's like, it's all good to me. Yeah, (laughs) man.
0: I want to know what you hate.
2: It's it's very limited. Like, there's certain artists that I just like, eh, it's not for me. You know, like Mm. when we were having lunch, Nickelback came on. And I know that's like the cliched answer, but it's like, I just don't like the whole vibe of that band. like i don't like the attitude of the dudes in the band i don't like the sound that they create and i even still have like there was like one or two songs i remember being like eh, it's not that bad but like i would never be like yeah nickelback i want some of their records in my collection bro country i've said before is really that's it's a tough that's a tough one for me to get past i'm starting to even i never you know what i never liked croncore when like crunk core was like the big scene and like you go to warp tour and it'd be like, Oh, the millionaires and broken side and oh, yeah. hyper crush. I didn't and- even know what
0: that, what you were referring yeah. to, but yeah, that's, that's the, the ultimate worst music yeah. ever. That's like, like that was not like not I, even music.
2: It was like, I felt like it was low effort. Yes. And, and obnoxious. Like we did the butthole surfers, butthole surfers are like antagonistic and obnoxious, but there's at least like some element of effort to what they're doing right. versus like, I felt like, that general genre, which for whatever reason, the one exception I always had to that rule was Family Force Five. I enjoyed Family Force Five, but I hated every other element of that genre, and I still do.
0: I think I've heard some of the, these bands you mentioned because there was a moment there where, like the Warp Tour, had those bands. They were on all it. over it, and I think that's that was at that point. I was like, oh this is the warp Door War is done. Yeah. This is the end of this because this is... The music part is gone. Yeah. It is just
2: literally just like people wearing bright colors and... It, and I that- thought like with Broken Side, the first thing I ever heard from Broken Side <sighs> was a cover of Low by Little John. And I was like, oh, this is funny. Like, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a bit. Like, I thought that it was like a band was just like, we're just going to take the song low and we're just going to obnoxiously scream the lyrics over top of it. And then I was like, Oh, this is their whole genre. Mm. Oh, this is terrible. Mm. <laughs> like, like and, w- and believe
0: me, I not like I'm the uh, old man yelling at a cloud, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I like new music. No, I mean, I, I you know, it's not that I discount new music be like ah oh, music was just better when i was a kid no i like most of the music i like is is the, current yeah the music of now it's just that there are certain I, I that thing's gone but no
2: and and that's the thing like even for a while i was like really kind of bitching about soundcloud hip hop and i don't necessarily love soundcloud rap but there's been a few artists like i mean his name is dumb as hell but like uh pal foo had like a a minor hit with the song deathbed and i was like I'm into this. But there's some, like, really talented artists out there. Um, Nothing Nowhere is another one that comes to mind of, like, no, he's, like, doing something really interesting with, like, what bedroom hip-hop sound is where you're doing these really lo-fi, almost, like, pop-punk sample type sound with, like, this very drugged out monotone rapping over top of it.
0: (laughs) Your description of that, it just sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, (laughs) It
2: kind of is like, it's kind of bad and a lot of people do it poorly, but you do have like the few guys where it's like, no, they're doing something a little bit different. They're using that same format, but they're doing something completely different with it. And I'm kind of into it Mm -hmm. in general. I'm pretty forgiving to any genre. I'll I'll give anything at least a shot. But the other big difference is you've been very open about how like very non-musical, your, your parents kind of were, like, had a handful of records, weren't, like... Right.
0: Yeah. It wasn't like music was, like, this huge thing in our house. Yeah. Not, not
2: that it was non-existent. No, no, no. But, but like, I- the flip side is, like, my grandfather was in bands from the time he was 13. I mean, he was playing, like, Dixieland music and jazz, but he had played music. All of my mom and her siblings do all different types of singing. So like I had an uncle who used to drum in a grunge band. I had another uncle who like has like the number in Philly. It's like one of the top like wedding bands where they just play like that 60s, 70s, 80s. So like everywhere, any party, there was live music. There was a live music element and it was always different genres. And then having like, my mom was one of six. All of her sisters had like four kids a piece. So like you had just a giant like petri dish of cousins that were all almost the exact same age Mm. influencing each other so like at a family party you'd have a live band outside you go into the basement and like my female cousins would be listening to like backstreet boys or pop like whatever the pop hits were and then you'd go like upstairs and then like my cousin david would be like watching mtv watching like either gangster rap stuff or watching like what was happening with like grunge music so it was like there was always all these different types of genres floating around me at all times, overly exposing myself to it. I never had an opportunity to be tunnel tunnel visioned into like a specific genre because it was always just like laid out on the table for me. So, I think because of that, I really was like I liked grunge I knew that grunge and punk were like my primary Genres, mm-hmm. And then like the subset or like the subsets of that with like the ska music or the pop punk emo stuff. But then I still always had the pop music and the hip hop and the classic rock and the 80s stuff and the 50s rock and roll and the jazz was like, always there on the sidelines. So I think that's why can be really forgiving to stuff is because like i'll hear stuff and i feel like most of the time i'm making it up i'm giving it more credit than the artist would give it credit for but i'm like oh that's really interesting they're blending like instrumentation from this genre with like this genre and like to them they're just like i don't know it's just a cool sample but like <laughs> to me i'm like yeah that's really interesting how they're melding those sounds yeah
0: well when it comes to sean colvin now that you bring up like those bands and the Warped Tour, those like uh, uh, crunk core bands. I'm like, damn, Sean Colvin's good. <laughs> Sean Colvin yeah. is really, really good.
2: With, what I think is also one of the more interesting things when I was researching her, because I read this sentence and I had to go back and read it a second time because I'm like, did I misread this? Was she started playing guitar when she was 10, but she never played a paying gig until she was in college. So it was about eight years and she was just kind of playing guitar. And she joined this group And this group was like building up a big name for themselves. And she had to quit the group because of her struggles with drugs and alcohol and stuff in her Mm -hmm. 20s. And not saying that like people can't go through drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. But like us finding out that Gibby from the Butthole Surfers was dabbling in drugs. is like not shocking, but like kind of folky, poppy Sean Colvin, I would never think, oh, this is a person who's done a couple stints in rehab <laughs> before uh, they like got their career going.
0: It does not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise There's no artist or band or... I mean, anybody on earth, I think that it's... I mean, James Taylor is yeah. real bad. Like, it, it, So nobody surprises me that, to hear that they had struggles with addiction like that never yeah I, at this point like if you told me like oh mr rogers he struggled would i'd be like oh yeah okay makes yeah sense
2: yeah and, and i think that you know we talked about this a little bit in past episodes but like it's weird because it's you almost wonder like is that is that an element of what makes someone successful in creativity is having a struggle I, maybe not necessarily with drugs and addiction but a struggle with mental health or depression or Or stuff like that, because you do look at it and it's like, I think that like because I struggle with anxiety and depression and stuff like that, it's what drives me to put out creative stuff because like I wanna create. I want I want to be more than what I see as like the faults in my life. And if I can do that and entertain people and make people happier, especially if I can make them happier than I feel sometimes, then that's an even bigger reward. Versus, I feel like the people who've like Got it all together, are perfectly content to just like show up at a job, work nine to five, go home to the family, and eat dinner. <laughs> like, there's like no higher aspirations there.
0: I mean, there's lo- yeah, there's lots of reasons why that would be the case. That so much music has been inspired by struggles, like you said, it doesn't matter what that struggle is. But there's a lot of shared struggles. Yeah. Addiction is one. Depression is another. Family conflict, your own inner, whatever you want to call it, identity things, whatever that is. Yeah. Art's going to come out of that because one, it's a way to release whatever you have inside, it's a distraction. And yeah, you're going to have stuff that's coming from the heart and not just generic, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's authentic, it's real and not saying, I mean, you could be authentically happy and And write a great song too. You know, like it's just, I think it all comes down to emotion, man. You can tell when real emotion goes into something, you could feel it in the music. You could feel it in the delivery. You can read it in the lyrics and you can also tell when someone's just phoning it in, as we've talked about before, that's why a lot of times when a band or singer or whatever gets super famous, has success, a lot of times, in my opinion, those aren't as good because now that artist
2: They're not as hungry as they once they weren't
0: were. as hungry and, and maybe some maybe that success has helped, you know, if you were struggling to pay your bills, if that's you know, that's something personally for me where I'm, you know, that's one of the things that I work, you know, finance, finances, that's a stressful thing, you know, and trying to make ends meet. And I always feel like to not have anything that you're struggling with, yeah, it could be a little harder to find inspiration for great music. Yeah, no, for sure.
2: It's, it's more, I picked this song because at the end of the day, it is the one hit Thunder origin story. All right. (laughs) Well, it's the kickoff. So what's the, I mean, we got to get to the big question, right? Uh, yeah. So I don't know how I'm going to go with this just yet. I guess
0: she used the success of Sunny Came Home to then continue what is a successful career. Yeah. If she's still at it, sounds like she was successful before this song. She's successful after this song. She's done a whole lot. And then you brought up that crunk core music and I'm like, Oh, how could I say anything bad about Sonny came home (laughs) when that stuff exists? (laughs) Like this is obviously like head and shoulders above a lot of the really terrible music in the world. So I got to go thunder all the way on Sean Colvin.
2: I think I'm going to go thunder as well for two, well, three reasons. Reason number one, this is definitely one of those songs that if I happen to turn on the radio and it's on, I do want to finish it. I like, I'll, I'll hang out until this song's over and then I'll shut off the car. like, I I enjoy it that much. Like I said, she does a cover of one of my favorite songs ever in the history of of Sesame Street, I Don't Want to Live on the Moon. It's a very pretty cover that she does. And three, it gave me this podcast that I love so much. So like, how can I not give a thunder to a song that's allowed a show like this to last for 70 plus episodes?
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Sean Colvin. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for the podcast. We really appreciate it. And here's to your continued success forever. (laughs)
2: This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ofallos of the band's Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me you're hearing Developing You, Camera, off the Punchline album Just Say Yes. Visit Punchline.com for tour dates, new music, and upcoming merch. If you have any interest in podcasting, visit WeKnowPodcasting.com for how Matt and Chris can help make your show sound as professional as possible. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. I don't know. Everyone has a podcast
0: now. Well, not really. What is true is that, according to Nielsen statistics, 55% of the U.S. population, that's over 155 million people, have listened to a podcast, and 24% of the population, that's 68 million people, listen to podcasts weekly. And these numbers continue to trend
2: upward. What's also true is that over 75% of all podcasts fade away after the first few episodes. It could be for a variety of reasons. Lack of strong concept, poor production value, people not realizing how much time needs to be dedicated to it, or simply just not knowing how to get the word out about podcasts. That's where WeKnowPodcasting.com comes in. At WeKnowPodcasting.com, we have a combined
0: 25 years of podcast experience, and we can help you achieve your podcasting goals. Whether you need help starting a new podcast or want to take your currently active podcast to the next level, we got you. From consultations to concept development, from theme music to editing, promotion, animation, graphics, you name it, and we're here to help. Don't
2: become another failed podcast statistic. Let us guide you and help your show become a success. Check out the website at WeKnowPodcasting.com. And even if you're on the fence, don't hesitate to reach out. We're friendly guys, we're passionate about pods, and we're here to help.
0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Ah, Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com Hey,
2: what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff.